that's all film. Time speed is what it is. Uh, I take playing speed as a more important gauge than time speed. Me personally, I probably watch more film on him than any prospect that I could ever remember watching film on, ever remember watching film on. That's all film. Because everyone said, well, he ran real slow. It's an alert. I said, okay, well, the games that I watched, I didn't see him get run by. It's an alert. With the 53rd pick in the 2017 National Football League draft, the Detroit Lions have selected Tease Tabor. Podcast, Connor's out there in Mexico. Connor, where, where specifically are you? In Cancun. Cancun, holy smokes. Uh, uh, so Connor's, Connor's out there. AKA know, the Draft Hub. Yeah, moving bricks, for mm. sure. Mm. Um, today we're talking running backs. Just getting in a quick, quick show for you boys. And uh, just trying to give our, our opinion on every single position in this draft class. Uh, Lee, I know you were saying earlier you think this draft class has a lot of depth in terms of running backs. Um, kind of, I want to hear just your general opinion on on the class as a whole. Yeah, I definitely. I'd love to start it off. And um, just before uh, doing this podcast, obviously, I was just looking over some of the prospects. Um, and I'll be I'll be completely candid with everyone. I didn't watch too much specific film on any of these running backs. Uh, I watched all these guys that I'm about to talk about uh, play in college, and. The ones that I'm about to talk about obviously popped off the screen in one way or another. I think I'm just going to start it off by saying Josh Jacobs is my number one running back. And um, I really we should, don't... We should figure out if... I feel like that's going to be everyone's. I think it's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if anyone disagrees with that, they can... Next person to talk can feel free to give me, give me a reason why not. But in terms of transitioning to the NFL game, I really think that Josh Jacobs is the only running back in this class that I would spend a first-round pick on. Um, I think that there's way too much depth. To, uh, to, be, to be picking a, a guy that isn't Josh Jacobs in the first round. And a, a few names that I do want to throw out are Mike Weber from Ohio State, Karan Higdon from Michigan, uh, Zach Moss from Utah, James Williams from Washington State, uh, and David Montgomery from Iowa State as five guys that I watched a lot of in college and guys that I would not bat an eye to t- uh, take a flyer on in the third through sixth round to build a little bit of depth at running back, and that guys that are going to come in and compete and are proven producers on the collegiate level. So I just rattled off five guys off the top of my head. I'm sure there are multiple other guys that you guys can name that have similar value, but I just think that it's good to address off the bat that there are there's a huge quantity of running backs in this year's draft that I think can translate to, at the very least, solid NFL running backs that fit a role in a good system. Yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll hop in next because I um, I also have Josh Jacobs as my number one back. I mean, just to kind of expound on some of some of the talents that he has. I mean, the guy's a physical uh, runner. I mean, he didn't have the type of produ- I mean, not production uh, volume at Alabama because he's splitting it with Damian Harris, Najee Harris, who's you know going to be one of the top running backs next year. There's always a staple there, but this guy just really lines up well with the NFL game. He's great in the run game. He's physical and he also has speed. And then. Where he's probably his best at is in the is in the uh, passing game, and this guy uh, just when you go through some of his tape, I'm forgetting the game, but there was one he had a over the shoulder catch, um, a deep on a wheel route. Uh, Auburn. Uh, was that was that Auburn? Just yes. uh, But he has the, yeah, thanks, Club. He has that type of ability. He really is a natural receiver, and he can adjust to the ball. So I'm all over the uh, J- Josh Jacobs hype, and I don't know if we want to talk about this, but I think really. 
in the last, you know, with the, you know, Saquon, Zeke, I mean, I guess Christian McCaffrey. Or that. No, but I'm talking about the guys that I've actually spent a first round pick on. It's really seldom. You have to, you have to be a Saquon Barkley type talent where you're going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, in order for me to take a first round flyer um, on a running back, I mean, your team has to be so complete. Really, if the Chiefs had a better defense, I could see that. I could see Josh Jacobs being their first pick, but I just think they have so many holes. And a lot of these teams, the Eagles are another team that you know possibly could go for running back, but a lot of holes at other places. And as we saw last year, one of the biggest takeaways I think we talked about was just there's so much depth at running back, and that the position just really um, is not that important. And it sucks to say because it's such an exciting position. But well, it's not that it's not important. It's just that you can find you can find value. It's not that valuable. It's not that, yeah. it's, it's probably the least valuable position. You can find value, uh, you know, in the like, like you, you brought up the Chiefs. Damian Williams came in and played extremely well for them, and you know was was a very uh, valuable running back to have as a backup on their roster, obviously, because they really didn't miss too much of a step after Kareem Hunt got suspended. And I was going to say, even a guy like uh, Justin Jackson, who was a seventh round pick from uh, Northwestern, who was their third round, who was their third string back behind Eckler and Melvin Gordon with the Chargers, and he looked really good. Uh, it just shows you that a lot of these guys. I mean, running back is. The, these guys are most of these guys are already kind of at their floors uh, in the NFL. There's not too much. I mean, obviously the athletes are better, but yeah. Um, a lot, it's what about a position that you can just come in and? What about y'all? You guys have any 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 scathing takes uh, about these running backs? I have Jacobs at number one as well. Um, I don't. I'm not as high on Montgomery as you know, some some of you. I guess yeah. I don't know. For me, it's second. I guess I had Weber also in my top five. Lee is yeah. one of the guys that I liked in college a lot. I didn't. Watched a ton of film on all these guys, but I did. Uh, one of the guys I liked when I was up late in Copenhagen, waiting for Notre Dame to start, was uh, Justice Hill for Oklahoma State. Oh, I like boo! In the shootout games, you God, hate him. Justice Why? Hill, throw him out. Clev, Clev is not. <laughs> Connor, give your give your uh, take for Justice Hill, and let's have let's get a Clev rebuttal after. Yeah, I think I think that the same as. Even Tommy, I think Jacobs is the only guy who I take a first round mm. pick on, and really even a second. And I'm very like happy that my team did. For me, I see Justin Hill. I think he. I don't think he's a number one back in the NFL. Seldom do those guys just get drafted as you know them as number one backs. It just kind of happens. Yeah. I think he's a Gio Bernard. He's like a rotational guy that can come in and he's going to fill some carries for your team. I don't think he's like a game changer or anything like that. But I don't think we can say for sure that any of these backs are. I mean, it's such a volatile position. You really just don't know. But I, I like him as a rotational piece. I think he's pretty sure in that aspect. Yeah. Um, Justice Hill, for me, he's really small. He reminds me of Amir Abdullah. Just a guy who, who can't break tackles. A guy that won't make his way on the field because he can't pass walk. Uh, I'm just, I, I see like the home run potential with him. You know, he obviously makes a lot of athletic plays on film and that sort of thing. But Justin Hill for me is just I don't know. I I'm admittedly like with my running backs, I like them to be more like downhill power type of guys who fall forward when yep. they get hit. Um, and so that's just kind of my preference. Um, but in, in terms of Justin Hill, I'm not a huge fan of his. Uh, a guy I do really like in this class that's a little deeper is Miles Sanders from from Penn State. I think that, um, you know, he doesn't have – it's really interesting with the running backs too when you're scouting these guys. It's almost like a positive when they don't have too many carries, mm-hmm. you know. So so it's like if you're looking at Miles Sanders, the guy who was sitting behind Saquon Barkley last year, you know, had his one year this year and then is just going to the league. It's like, okay, I see that as a positive that the guy doesn't have too many hits on him. 
Um, I, I think that he, he has a lot of good qualities as a back. He doesn't quite have, you know, the home run hitting ability that Saquon has, but I, I think that he um, is pretty, he's pretty elusive. Uh, he's pretty agile. Uh, so uh, Miles Sanders is a guy that I would definitely take rounds three or four for sure. Uh, if you're a team that just needs a little bit of depth in the running back position, I think he can really do it all. And he's pretty good in the passing game too. Um, and, and just personally, like I'm a big fan of if, you, if you're a running back and going into the NFL, like you have to be able to pass block. That's what's going to get you on the field. If you're a mid round to late round pick, like you're going to have to be able to pass block. This is how the league is. And going back quickly to just justice Hill, like, Justice Hill isn't a guy who I felt like last year Rashad Penny was the guy for me who I hated. And yep. it was mainly because of his pass blocking inability. But with, with Rashad Penny, it was almost it was he was unwilling to pass block. There yes. was like some sort of mental block. Justice Hill, I find is is pretty he's a willing pass blocker. Like he's not afraid of anyone, but it's just his size is too small for me to think that he's actually gonna be an effective blocker. Uh, at the next level. So that, that just kind of concerns me with him. I definitely, Connor, like I definitely see um, the potential with him. I definitely see what people are excited about. I just wouldn't particularly draft him personally. Yeah. I think just one last piece about this. So I guess like I get, I definitely get the pass song thing. I think a lot of it, you have to wonder how much you attribute to the, just the big 12 and just the overall, just sort of lack of trench in your face physicality in that conference right now. They're just kind of airing out and that's kind of it. And, but I think with Justice Hill, I kind of think he's like what the Saints like figured Kamara would be. Like I don't think he was like they thought he was going to be exactly what he was and like burst onto the scene. I don't think he's like a big pass blocking running back. I think they thought he was going to be a rotational piece behind Ingram, and they just found a diamond in the rough there. I don't think that's what Justice Hill is, but I think that's like kind of what the rationale would be for any team that takes a Justice Hill type of player. Yeah, fair enough. Um. I don't know. I mean, if we're going to talk about our, like, sleeper guys, I guess, quote-unquote, I really like Elijah Holyfield from Georgia. Um, he's another guy that, Clep, I, I never really thought about the less carries being a plus. I mean, I, obviously it makes sense, but when I was looking through guys, uh, you know, and, and Elijah Holyfield's one of those guys. Last year he was stuck in the rotation behind Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. And this yeah. year, even though he's older than DeAndre Swift, he's not as talented as him and was more of the, played more of the power back role. Uh, but... This guy, talking about someone who can break a tackle, this guy invites physicality. He's just physically impressive. Listeners, go on, Google a picture of him running track when he was 18 years old in high school. This, this kid, he looks like he's 25 years old when he's 18. He's just one of those specimens. His dad, obviously, is Evander Holyfield. I just like the gene pool. This guy accepts physicality. He's not bad in the passing game. Obviously, it's not a... You know, well, real... well, I was talking with Lee about this, and I mean, Elijah Holyfield, he's only had seven career receptions. Yeah. So he, he's he's kind of a guy for me that, like, on film, I don't see anything super exceptional, mm. but I definitely see, like, that he's, you know, a pretty good power back, but I'm really looking forward for him, like, completing my evaluation of Elijah Holyfield with the combine, mm. and just seeing, you know, can he run routes, can he catch the ball? I mean, I think that's something last year we saw with Ronald Jones, was, like, he was a dude who, in the combine, in his pro day, could not catch a ball, could not run a route, could save his life. And obviously that hasn't, you know, through, it's only one year in the NFL, but his, his career trajectory is not looking too great. Looks bad. Um, and so for Elijah Holyfield, that's something I'm really looking um, forward to watching for the combine and seeing if he can, you know, run around, can he catch a ball? You know, does he have that other, uh, you know, dynamic to his game? Yeah, and uh, a guy that uh, we haven't spoken about yet that snuck up to as high as two on my uh, running back list 
was Devin Ooh. Singletary, the running back from Florida Atlantic. That's a guy yeah, who's got a I really like him. He's got a great all-around game. Like talk about someone where there's really not that many holes in his game and just how much of an impact he made at Florida Atlantic. If you look at his statistics, I mean, the guy completely jumped off the screen anytime I watched them. And I think that's a guy who I had him as high as two is because I, I think he he could end up being a starting NFL running back and a guy who you who you give the ball to, you know, 25 to 30 times a game in the passing game and in the running game. So I like the prospects of Singletary, and I, I was wondering if any of you guys uh, got eyes on him and, and, and what you guys thought about him. Yeah, I have Singletary at three on my board behind Hill, and then I have Weber at four. I like, I like Singletary a lot. I think he's kind of like Tarek Cohen, if you had to like pick that up. Yeah. He's, he's the shortest back, I believe, in the prospects yeah, that are going yeah. out. He's a little so beefier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he definitely is. But yeah, he's just not super big, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. I can see him really thriving on like screen passes where mm-hmm. he's kind of lost in alignment and then can just shoot out of that totally. sort of aspect. And he... Uh, like Tommy said about Holyfield, he does invite contact. He's like a heat-seeking missile, Singletary, and he bounces off tackles. Uh, very natural runner and, and looks like he was kind of born to play the position. Um, and then uh, guys that I named earlier that we haven't really gotten into is I like Karan Higdon a lot just because at Michigan he got such high volume and the guy just runs f- straight forward. That's what I really like about him. His legs are always moving. I would not take him any higher than probably the fourth or fifth round, but I think as a high-volume back who, who got the ball a lot in college – he, he's just, you know, a solid running back who I don't think is going to explode up your depth chart, but a guy who can bring good value to your team. And then uh, Zach Moss from Utah is another guy that I'll pair him with James Washington or uh, James William from Washington State. Yeah, two guys, guy I want to talk about. Yeah, two guys in the Pac-12 who are just, you know, Moss and uh, Williams have a little bit different play style, but Williams is a guy who really jumped off the screen to me in the passing game. That, this guy is... I mean, seems, that's like all he pretty much did. Yeah, seems to be very comfortable yeah. catching the ball in the flat and, and has great field vision and just has a knack to get to the end zone after catching the ball. So watching him on some of those screen passes, getting Minshew those extra yards and, and sometimes touchdowns was, uh, was exciting. And uh, I think that's a guy with the way the NFL is moving uh, in terms of you know screen passes and the passing game and the ball in the flat and these quick linebackers. I think uh, you know Williams is a guy who can climb up draft boards after the combine. And I don't even want to sell him too short. Like, I feel like he has some solid potential in the run game as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, well, he had that ridiculous run against Oregon, was it? Or some, he had some insane run this yeah. year that yeah. really broke, like, literally, like, seven tackles. No, no, like, no. I, I think, think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I think he's a guy who actually has some potential as well running the ball. But he's extremely polished in the passing game. I mean, I watched uh, his film against Wyoming. And there's a play where he just has like a toe touch catch in the end zone. I mean, that's stuff that you see yep. wide receivers doing, not a running back. So he's a guy who I am really, really high on personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked him a lot too. I mean, a clip I saw you've been sending him, uh, us stuff about him, but I remember when he played, uh, I want to say USC this year, he had a really good game. And again, it was all, I mean, I don't want to sell him short as well in the, in the run uh, game, but just super, just a natural pass catcher. Uh, and you know that that, that uh, trait is going to be so valuable at the next level. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't – what do you guys – or at least Connor, I guess. What do you guys think of David Montgomery? Because I, I, I really uh, like him a lot, and I think that he has the potential to be like a number one running back for an uh, NFL team. Uh, I don't know if, what your guys' experience is with watching him or anything. Any, any thoughts? No, I'm a Montgomery fan. I, I kind of wanted to hear what Connor didn't like him as much. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to hear what Connor kind of had to say. Yeah, I think I thought my biggest sort of hang-ups were with Montgomery is his 40 – if I had 
been great. And this is something we kind of we had someone going up with like the linebackers on the last pod. It's just like this is stuff that you figure out like at the come and it's just it's just kind of an issue at that point. But I believe it was around like a four eight that I was reading, which isn't great. And I know he's like he's one of like a bigger sort of guys. And it, it might the seed might not matter as much, but I don't know. Just in terms of like I kind of did it based off of Lee. I thought Montgomery was pretty good for Iowa State. I didn't really think he was necessarily totally carrying the load in the big games that he was playing against. I thought it was kind of a team effort for Iowa State. I was really impressed with them as a program yeah. in general. But, I mean, I think David Montgomery would definitely be in my top ten, but I don't have him in the top five. I just think it's such a crazy position. I mean, it's really just you have to love the prospect yeah. they're not on there. And no, me, I couldn't agree more, like, man. I mean, I could look very stupid for sure, and he easily could be that. There's nothing that, like, really has me against it. It's just when I just, like, I mean – Running back, it really is all eye test. I'm a very big numbers guy, mm-hmm. and it's really just something you can put on it. Yeah. Like it yeah. just is what it is. And I don't. I liked. I thought I was more impressed with Weber personally, so I had Weber getting in there. Yeah. And then uh, my fifth prospect that I'll get into in a bit. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say about uh, Montgomery. Uh, he is a guy that Clep. Uh, he might not. He might not pass the Clep rules for you know minimal touches. This is a guy who's been starting since his freshman year and has rushed for I mean, 500 yards his freshman year, two tugs. 1,100 a sophomore year with 11 tugs in this past year, 1,200 yards with 13 tugs. Uh, I just was so impressed by his production, his center of gravity, and the way that he can bounce off a guy who invites contact and then really is just hard to tackle. Like he, It's it, one of those guys that is very rarely going down on the first time, and defensive backs and even linebackers really have trouble wrapping up on him, and he just seems to bounce off a lot of contact. So there's just a lot of traits uh, that I really like going uh, into the next level. So four six two for Montgomery, not four eight. Four six. I was gonna say four eight. You can't play in the NFL as a running back at one four eight. He's definitely not. You know, he doesn't have that home run ability, and he's not. You know, a super burner, but just Jake Deeds four five six, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, <laughs> yeah. by the way, yeah, I mean, Jacobs is running a four four nine. Like that's like your prospect to compare to compare with yeah. four six four nine. Well, that's and then why even in Harris, who none of us have talked about. He's listed as the two prospect in yep. some places. I mean, yeah. no, we've not talked about him or did anybody have Benny Snell either? I wanted to say something about Benny Snell because I have a pretty yep. strong opinion about him. I sure. Think, I think Benny Snell is Saquon light, honestly. I think really? a, a lot of the things Benny Snell does reminded me of just a, a kind of, you know, obviously a poor man Saquon at Kentucky. Uh, he fills out that number 26 a similar way. I, I feel like they move similarly. And Snell is a guy who. Uh, is a natural runner, kind of glides, has good field vision, and I don't know, I mean, bounces off tackles naturally, rolls off tackles, he's got a good little spin move. Uh, I don't think that, you know, he's the type of guy like Saquon who's going to come in and be one of the best running backs in the league, but I think as a developmental guy who you can bring in, clearly, uh, I think, in terms of jumping off the tape and stats-wise, was arguably the best running back in college football last year. And, and Kentucky had probably one of their better years in program history because of him. And, uh, you know, obviously there were some other factors. But I think Benny Snell's a guy that you could see go as high as the second round and, and be fighting with Damian Harris and David Montgomery in some draft rooms for that second running back spot. I think he's that good. Yeah, I like Benny. Benny Snell's known as definitely he's like the heart and soul of Kentucky for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see a major drop off for them next year mm-hmm. with him out. He's really kind of the leader of that team, and team sold out to stop him too. That's what I like a lot. There were guys playing like eight, nine guys in the box on him, and he still is averaging. I think it's like five point eight yards per carry. Yep. Yeah. No. He's... 
This is the thing, man. So, There's just so I, many I, prospects. I, There's so many of these running backs. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I, even if you do, you look to last year, just like a guy like Phil Lindsay, just an undrafted yeah, free agent. Exactly. And makes Pro Bowl. You know, it, so that, I kind of just like to just to bring this conversation full circle. Like, would you guys, I, personally, even though I would say that he's probably a first-round talent, like, I don't think I would spend a first-round pick on a guy like Josh Jacobs. And I'm kind of curious where you guys are, would be at with that take. Like, you know, putting aside, like, team needs and all that kind of stuff, like, I just wouldn't really find myself spending a first-round pick on uh, on a guy like Josh Jacobs, even though I assume uh, that's been said that, you know, all of us kind of think he's the top running back prospect. Well, yeah, Clep, I'm yeah. right there with you, man. I definitely would not. I mean, dude, it would be hard for me to spend a first-round pick on Saquon. Like, I'm, I, obviously, yeah. like, you would have to be knowing what you're getting, especially from a running back, for me to spend a first-round pick. Um, I mean, and too, but, I mean, go, like, Saquon is a guy who had 2,000 all-purpose yards. So it's like, that's obviously a stud. It's more just Yeah, no, Saquon, it, Saquon's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think we all think that. I, it's really, he's as good of, as, as much of a can't-miss prospect as it gets. And still, it's just, it's the least valuable position for me. And I think... Now you're realizing, like you said with Philip Lindsay, uh, there's just it's just a position where guys can come in in the seventh, sixth, fifth, every round, and you can there's talent everywhere. Yeah, no, there's a couple guys we still haven't brought up, and I think maybe have been kind of forgotten due to injury, and that's uh, Bryce Love from Stanford. Rodney Anderson, the number one, yeah, Rodney Anderson and Bryce Love. Those are the two guys I was going to bring up. Who both Rodney Anderson didn't even play this year. He was one of the highest ranked running backs coming into the year towards ACL. Obviously, before the season, wasn't able to play. And then Bryce Love was a guy who was the number running one running back on everybody's board. And a lot of the mock drafts before the college football season, the way too early ones, he was one of the first or the first, easily the first running back taken. And some some mock drafts had him at, as high as like the top ten. Uh, and, and, well, and well, and last year too, if he left, he could have been a, probably he probably would have been a second round pick. He was right in that carry on range. So yeah, um, no. Now now we're looking at these guys as maybe being available in the third or fourth round, and these are guys that were absolute studs I, prior I, I to injury. Bryce Love could potentially be a day three guy. And I was telling yeah. I was telling Tommy yeah. I was telling Tommy before this as a GM in this year's draft, I would take both these guys off my board. I wouldn't draft either. Yeah. Of them. I just think that the injury history, and it's no, I, I hope to God that these guys have great careers, and I think that it's possible that they can have great careers, but with the depth that you have in this draft, with the amount of running backs that have had healthy careers so far, I just, I just don't think that teams should give themselves the luxury of taking a running back who has a history of, of blowing out his knee or his ankle or anything, because there's just too, the crop of running backs is just too fresh this year. There's guys we haven't even talked about and won't. We'll finish this podcast before talking about them. They're going to sneak their way into the fifth round on draft day, and you know a couple of them are really going to show out this year. Yeah, well, I, I really quickly, Connor, um, yep. if you like Justice Hill, I really want you to watch this guy, Darwin Thompson from Utah State. Um, yeah. Another, another no-combine invite guy, say yeah. less. Um, really? And he's, he's like 5'8", but, he, dude, he, like, he squats about like 695 like bench presses 400 he's a dude who's like despite his small stature he's like a guy who falls forward and that sort of thing and I, I really like you to watch him he's kind of like a guy for me like I don't like Justice Hill but I really like Darwin Thompson and I think they kind of fill the same role but I think Darwin Thompson is a much better player Clef, I, yeah. I think he's definitely a guy for sure to look at I mean yeah I would definitely give him a look I know getting to at least point I don't think I would draft either of those running backs either but I do think I'd have him is you know, top on my speed dial if I'm the GM right when the draft ends to get as an unsigned free agent. I just, I don't really like locking 
into a running back with torn ACL. I mean, it would be one thing if they came back as another year in college, but just leaving it at the draft like that, it's unfortunate for those kids. But I hope they prove people wrong and get a camp invite and whatever. But I would take them off my draft board as well. But, Adam, if you like the hard physical running, you got to look up my fifth prospect I had to put on there instead of Higdon. I just would not allow myself to do it. It's Dexter Williams, my boy from Notre Dame, who had 995 rushing yards and missed the first four games of the season. I think you would have been getting a lot more uh, talk about him if he had not missed those first four games due to a possession of marijuana arrest from his freshman year that carried all the way over. And he wasn't suspended until his senior year when he what? finally got to Yep. He was caught in a car with a nope. former five-star bust, Max Redfield. Max Redfield's in the AAFL, baby. Yeah, he's terrible. He's terrible. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, he got, yeah, like three dudes. He got, he, Max Redfield was kicked off the team for that because he was a senior at the time. So that he, he was kicked out. And then, but uh, Dexter ended up going to court and the charges were dropped and he still got out for suspended four games from Brian Kelly, I guess. He just was in the doghouse, I guess. Never really focused until his senior year. But he, I still think he's a high character guy regardless. His mom is actually has it has a disease that probably is going to be terminal, but she is living with him on campus this year. His year is starting. He's living with his mom. So he and still had a hell of a year. I like him a lot. He's, just a, he's a big guy. Who is, he is speed to take to the house. He had a huge run against Virginia Tech from, I think, the two-yard line or something like that. He took it all 98 yards, and he weighs – I mean, he's – in the 200, I think he's 215. He's, he's a big guy. I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. I refuse to put Higdon up there. I don't really – I watched a ton of Michigan football the year before, and I watched a fair amount when I was in Denmark in Michigan football, probably four games or so. And I think he runs up the middle. But to me, I think I like Chris Evans better than Higdon, and that's just me. I like Dexter better than Josh Adams. And Josh Adams had a hell of a year for Notre Dame this senior yep. year. But I just I think Higdon runs up the middle, which is fine. But for me, especially that first game of the year when, I was, when it was Michigan-Notre Dame, I was more scared when Higdon was off the field and Evans is in to me. I think Evans had bigger big play potential. I think Higdon's going to get you six yards if you have a good old line. I think it's all about fit for Higdon. I think if he goes to a team that's just a wreck up front, I don't think he'll hang around very long. I don't think there's really that much there special talent-wise that really jumps out at me for him. Yeah. No, uh, fair enough. I just like Higdon as a guy who can come in and, and, and he's like, he, yeah, he's just a pure running back to me in terms of just keeping his yeah. legs moving. And, and, and like you said, he'll get you six yards if the, if the play is blocked well. But definitely agree with you there. Not a lot of explosion potential, not a lot of big play potential, but not afraid to put his shoulder and head down sometimes with guys that are bigger than him. And you got you to gotta appreciate that quality and tendency. Yeah. And I do want to just touch on Mike Weber again because we did bring him up but really didn't get yeah. in depth. That's, a, that's another guy who, Connor, he's in my top five as well, and a guy who, physical runner, was the backup at Ohio State behind J.K. Dobbins, but when he was in there, he's, he's used to running a little, bit, a little bit of that read option, used to getting the mesh. A lot of these NFL teams are running these RPOs now, so he's, he's used to that, and uh, I, I just like Weber as a guy who, uh, I, I feel like I'm a broken record, but physical runner, he's about, what, 5'10", 220, uh, and Kind of just fits the mold of an NFL running back. And you know at Ohio State, they're playing against good competition. they got a solid O-line. So I think that the transition to the NFL isn't necessarily as difficult uh, as it is in some other places. So I just like Weber as kind of a safe pick. Another guy where I would rank uh, third, third to fifth round if you are looking for a little bit of running back depth and you got the you got a roll fit for a 5'10", 220 physical runner. I think Weber's your guy. Especially as a red zone runner. He's, he's used to – they brought him in a lot in the red zone and, and – 
he's a good up the middle red zone runner, you know, from 10 yards in. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys real quick about, do you guys have any opinions on Daryl Henderson? Because I've seen him uh, get some top five RB love, and I watched I watched two games. I watched the uh, American Championship against UCF, and he's a really athletic, explosive guy. But I don't know, it just nothing really popped off for me as I didn't really see that elite level, you know, I don't know, a top three running back you would think should be, you know, worth a, a day, you know, second or third round pick. I don't yeah. know. Do you guys have any opinions on him? He reminds me of Ajayi, kind of. Yeah. Like, at best. That's, like, his ceiling, I think, is Ajayi. Okay. I don't know. So tough to tell with those Definitely. the American, you know, yeah. where you'd be at. I think, uh... I think if you say, you know, plugged in a healthy Bryce Love on that Memphis roster, I, I know this is a little bit hypothetical, too much of a hypothetical, but that he would pop off the tape more than uh, than Henderson. So I, I yeah. think Henderson's a good player, but I just think it's hard to – I didn't have him in my top five. I think that ranking him in the top five, you better really like something about him and uh, something better have a really popped off tape for you to be ranking that guy in your in your top five. Can we shout yeah, out real quick? Yeah, give a quick shout out to Divino Zigbo from Nebraska. He's more of a sixth, seventh round look, you know, but this is a guy who's a physical big physical dude. Uh, and, you know, not too much to say about him, but keep your eye out for Divino Zigbo. Might be the, I think he's the best power back in the draft. That's where I'm gonna put it at that. Woo! Wow. See, I don't I'm gonna look up his measurables. Keep talking. Let me get, let me get my hype train going. I like a uh, real late. I think he'll go undrafted, but I like a uh, Quadre Allison from Pitt. Is mm. giving, giving me sweats when they're playing Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> I like him a lot. And then so there's Boykin touchdown sealed it. I know Dolan would be giving a lot of throwing a lot of shade at L.J. Scott, but I've seen L.J. Scott. Yeah, who, who's, <laughs> his 2018 yeah. campaign was hindered by injury a little bit, but. Uh, L.J. Yeah. Scott's a guy whose junior year looked like uh, looked every part of uh, a top prospect at the running back position. Had a yeah. pretty solid career at Michigan State before a total drop off his senior year. Um, so that's another guy from the Big Ten where I think you could possibly take him in the you know fourth fifth round. Go. I think he'll go seventh. I think he'll be picked. Yeah. But I mean, that's another guy though that's got a lot of you know wear and tear on him. Wear, yeah. Definitely. Yep. And well, definitely. Well, and if you look at Michigan State's track records, their last three running backs, obviously you have Le'Veon. Um, oh God, who's the guy who got to play for the Bears before Jordan Howard took his job? Uh, oh, uh, Langford. Langford. Thank God. you, uh, Jeremy Langford, and now L.J. Scott. All three really good uh, college football players who played, you know, two seasons at least. Starting L.J. Scott was the guy since he was a freshman. So um, they run a pro style system over there. And they're usually well prepared for the NFL. Oh, yeah, by the way. Uh, Edwin Baker, touchdown maker at uh, Michigan State. He had one of the best best nicknames in football. Yep. Ozebo, six foot, 230. <laughs> Get him to the Lions. Lions need that. Carry on in Ozebo. Anything's better than Blunt. <laughs> I think Ozebo can kind of be a new wave Blunt at, the, at a ceiling there. He really the Eagle dude follows Blunt on Instagram. He's got to Ozigbo's got some good tape. Seriously, I, I was watching a few Nebraska games this year where this guy would just bowl people over. So I think, obviously, you know, I would probably rank 12 to 15 running backs in this draft ahead of him. But 
like I said at the beginning of the episode, to me it's Josh Jacobs and then it's honestly pick your poison, two through about 15. You can make yeah. a, just as good of an argument for 15 that you can for two in some circles. So and I, I kind of just think it's, it's with, like, like we've said, it's kind of an eye test thing. One more guy that I kind of want to touch on too because I think he probably might run the fastest of the 40 is uh, Cravion Williams from Texas A&M, who's a dude who's, who's all Glad speed. Glad you brought him up. All speed, but when Klepp was talking about Justice Hill, it was kind of a thing that I could see with Travion Williams is – he doesn't break a lot of tackles. Not and a great pass blocker, yeah, definitely. Not, obviously not a good pa- pass blocker. Just what is his NFL, you know, obviously he's going to be a great athlete. He's a blazing burner. Touchdown, uh, you know, home run potential all over him. But how is his skill set fit in the NFL? Yeah, Street Archer 2.0. Woo! Street <laughs> Archer. <laughs> Bringing up Archer, baby. Uh, I also want to, are, 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 we, are, we, are we wrapping this thing up? Yeah, absolutely. But you, yeah, yeah. I did want to say no, no, no. I just wanted to say that I was, uh, I was, I was, I fell into a Twitter hole the other night on my fake account, and I was reading, I was reading through one of El, uh, Evan Silva's responses to to a few, you know, a few of those Twitter users out there, and some guy said uh, he was slighting the Patriots' draft moves, and his counter argument is was look at a team like the Steelers, they they they've historically drafted well. And I was thinking, you know what? This is just a classic Steelers fan buying into the organizational hubris of this program. (laughs) And I'm sick and tired of it. I am sick and tired of it. The Steelers have not drafted well the past past five years. To me, Edmonds? Edmonds? Well, well, even think about Marcus Wheaton as a receiver they drafted. Sammy Coates as a receiver they drafted. Uh, uh, Artie Burns really hasn't panned out too well. I know they got nope. guys like James James uh, Bud Dupree. TJ Watt really was their was their best they, first round pick. The, I think, the, the last the, I'm just sick. I'm sick and tired of it. There's a reason Antonio <laughs> Brown wants to leave. There's a reason Le'Veon doesn't want to come back. Ben Roethlisberger is clearly getting worse every year, and it's time for Steelers fans to look in the mirror and realize that you know what? Maybe we ought to stop treating our franchise like it's the Patriots because it's not. You guys are not the Patriots. You're not even close. All right, and and, and this home falls. This year should have been a wake up wake up call for them, but it wasn't. Apparently, it wouldn't fall. That's it. That's that Murray no playoff Steelers (laughs) coming at you. Uh, Who's making Um, it? I'm kind of thinking, you know, our next position group getting in the trenches. Oh, I'd love to. I'm thinking interior O line and D tackle. you know the, Connor's gonna be. You know Connor's gonna be lifting off, Dalton, lifting off some uh, weights, baby. Yeah, yeah. Dalton Risner, baby. Ourlads.com. That's where the weights come from. Clef, throw those Ramblers <laughs> on. Three point game with five minutes left. Holy smokes! Where's Creham when you need him? You're watching, I, I see that Daytona 500 in the background, Clef. What? I see you're watching that Daytona. Yeah, Menard's oh. in like 15th right now. Menard shit in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Club bet ten dollars on Paul Menard, baby. I love it. <laughs> ten for two hundred. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm just, trying, trying to, just trying to make that fast money. I do want to. I, I want to officially. I know I brought up Zach Moss a couple times as well. I want to. I want to label him my boy. He's my boy this year in the running back in, in the running back position group. I w- sell him a little bit. I, well, I just watched that a little bit of Utah football, and I think they had a down year this year. They recovered well, but. And I think Moss's uh, season was ended short because of an injury, another guy coming off an injury. But I would not take him off my draft board just because I think he'll be there late, very late in the draft. And some of the stuff he did at Utah this year really just 
absolutely popped off the screen to me. And when I saw his name on that running back list, I was uh, I was ecstatic because I rem- I you know I was forced to remember him obviously. And I watched enough Utah games this year to remember that I did like him a lot as a prospect. And there are a few things about him that I think will translate really well to the NFL game. Uh, so. I did also, I will say, I did like Joe Williams a lot from Utah a few years ago, and his game didn't pan out too well. So it could be Joe Williams 2.0, but there's a lot to like about Zach Moss. He puts his shoulder down. He's quick, and I like him. play devil's advocate a little bit, Joe Williams also was Kyle Shanahan thought that he was going to be the next transcendent NFL back and yep. like, traded. That was his guy that, that he was knew. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that article came out. Quick, quick Daytona 500 anecdote. Yeah. If, if you don't mind, my, my my father works for Dow Chemical. I'm, I'm the Dow Chemical account for Digitas. And last year, Austin Dillon won the Daytona 500, uh, and he's he's driving the Dow Dow Chemical vehicle. And and three weeks three weeks before the race, my father brought up in a in a client meeting with the social media guy for Dow that we should you know they should be pushing that Austin Dillon is driving the Dow Chemical you know yeah. vehicle. And uh, the, the guy brushed him off. And, and, and three weeks later, he's in, he's in victory lane. That's a big mistake. And my father, my father's looking like a savant. Someone just got fired. Hey, Adam ain't the only prophet in that Clep family, boy. <laughs> Adam ain't the only prophet. Let's throw that Jim Clep in the prophecy book. Throw that they should have advertised Austin Dillon in the prophecy book. We're putting it down, baby.